This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 31 is going to be from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. The approval of God is misunderstood when the truth is not rightly divided. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 through 18 read, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like a cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Being able to rightly divide the word of truth is so important to the Christian, because when people are not able to rightly divide the word of truth, it causes a lot of confusion in the world and it causes a lot of confusion in their lives. People can believe that they are saved by a false doctrine when the, right, when the word of God is not rightly divided. And this is what was going on here in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 through 18. Hymenaeus and Philetus were teaching a false doctrine. They were teaching that the resurrection was already passed, and they were overthrowing the faith of some because of it. This false doctrine was causing them to stray from the truth because they were not rightly dividing the word of truth. And this is what we are to shun. We are to shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And profane and idle babblings are false teachings because they cannot save anyone. If we believe a profane or idle babbling, then we are confused concerning the word of righteousness. We are confused as to how to rightly divide the word of truth. We are to be diligent to present ourselves approved to God. And a false doctrine does not present ourselves as approved to God. We need to be a worker who does not need to be ashamed. But a false doctrine would cause one to be ashamed. When we are unable to rightly divide the word of truth... We cause a lot of confusion in the world. The approval of God is misunderstood when the truth is not rightly divided. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1, we have an occasion of this. There's a lot of people in the world today that know Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. But they do not rightly divide it. And because of this, there is a lot of confusion in the world as to what Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1 means. A lot of people believe that Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1 says we cannot do any judging whatsoever. And it causes a lot of people in the world to be lost because judging is not taking place and people are just <clears throat> living in sin. In Matthew chapter 7 and verses 1 through 5, it says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It is quite clear in this passage, if you read the whole context and not just one verse, 
in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, that judging is not being condemned. Inappropriate judging is being condemned. First, you need to remove the plank from your own eye so that you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It never told the one with the plank not to remove the speck, but first, stop being a hypocrite. Live properly yourself if you're going to tell others how to live. So judge not that you be not judged is not a condemnation of all judging. It's a condemnation of judging inappropriately. And we find this in John chapter 7 and verse 24, where the Bible says, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And so if we use our own standard to do the judging, then we are judging according to appearance. But if we use the word of God to do the judging in people's lives, then we are judging according to righteousness. In Matthew chapter 7, we see first, remove this plank from your own eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Remove the speck from your brother's eye, but make sure that your own eye is clear so that you can see properly. And that's what Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5 is talking about, proper judgment. Just as John chapter 7 and verse 24 is talking about proper judgment. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, we have another misunderstanding of the word of truth. The approval of God is misunderstood when truth is not rightly divided. And here again, we have another instance of this. In Matthew in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so people believe that all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord with your mouth and you will be saved. And that baptism is not necessary for salvation. But in this same context, if we drop down to Acts chapter 2 and verses 37 through 38, we find that this is simply not the case. In Matthew, in Acts chapter 2 and verses 37 and 38, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter had just preached a gospel sermon to them. He had condemned them for their sin and their lives, and they were scared, and they wanted to know what to do. And notice what Peter says here. He says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter told them to repent and to be baptized. Why did he do this? Why did he say to repent and be baptized if all we have to do is call on the name of the Lord in order to be saved? Well, being baptized is how we call on the name of the Lord. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, when Paul was baptized, he was sent to the preacher Ananias. And Ananias would tell him, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And so we see that when we arise and we wash away our sins in baptism, then we are calling on the name of the Lord. This is why in verse 41 of Acts chapter 2, notice what it says. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. They knew what it meant to call on the name of the Lord, that when Peter said, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved, what he was saying was be obedient to God. Be obedient to everything that God wants you to do. This, again, is found in Romans chapter 10 and verses 10 through 13. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. 
For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, we see this phrase, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in Acts chapter 2, when Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, he told them to repent and let each one of you be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, here in Romans, Paul is talking. And in chapter 10, he tells them, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, remembering that it was Ananias that was talking to Paul in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, when he said, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Paul understood what he was saying because in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, we see baptism six chapters prior to when Paul would tell the church at Rome, call on the name of the Lord and be saved in Romans chapter 10. But in Romans chapter 6 and verses 1 through 4, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. That's the end of verse 4. Now dropping down in chapter 6, down to verse 17, it says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And notice what form of doctrine he was talking about earlier in that chapter was baptism causing one to walk in newness of life. And in verse 17, you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart. What did you obey from the heart? You were obedient to baptism. That Jesus would say in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, was a requirement unto salvation. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved, but he that believeth not will be condemned. The approval of God is misunderstood when the truth is not rightly divided. And in all these instances, going back to Matthew chapter 7, Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, and Romans chapter 10, verses 10 through 13, we find false doctrines, doctrines that have not been rightly divided from the word of truth. And it causes a lot of confusion in the world. The first one was, well, you can't judge. Well, we simply know that that's not the case from the rest of the context that you remove the plank from your own eye so that you can remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then in the next case, that in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, in Romans chapter 10, verses 10 through 13, that all you have to do is believe in order to be saved. And because the truth was not rightly divided, there are a lot of people that have been overthrown. Their faith has been overthrown by this because they believe that baptism is not necessary for salvation when the Word of God clearly teaches in so many different places that it is. And so the approval of God is misunderstood when the truth is not rightly divided. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, we see this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And so there is more to being a Christian than simply proclaiming Jesus as Lord. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It's very important that we're able to rightly divide the word of truth so that when we teach others, profane and idle babblings are not what's coming out of our mouth that will increase to more 
ungodliness. But the truth is coming out of our mouth so that people can be saved. And that's why Jesus came to this world in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, 19 and verse 10. He said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came with the truth. His word is truth, John chapter 17 and verse 17, and he taught the truth. And we need to be able to rightly divide it. For if we cannot rightly divide the word of truth, and then we're not going to be able to save people from their sins. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21, we have another, uh, Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 20, we have another case of the word not being rightly divided. Reading verse 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. This verse people have taken to say that we can meet just anywhere, and as long as there's two or three gathered together in the name of Christ, and then God is going to be in the midst of them, and that we don't need to go to the assembly. We can just meet in people's houses and, you know, and wherever we are, and as long as there's two or three gathered, then we have God in the midst of us. But this is not what this verse is teaching. If we read up in the context from Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 19, we'll find out what it's teaching about. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, talk and take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Notice this is not talking about worship, but about church discipline that you are, go, you are to go to your brother who sinned against you, and if he won't hear you, take two or three more. If he won't hear them, then tell it to the church. And if he won't hear the church, he is to be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. This is church discipline, not worship. And so people that are using this in the context of worship are using it inappropriately. The approval of God is misunderstood when the truth is not rightly divided. In First Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, we have another instance of this. As I urge you, when I went into Macedonia, remain at Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some have strayed, having turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. Notice they desired to be teachers of the law, but they did not understand what they were teaching. And this was going to cause a lot of confusion in the world. It was going to cause people to believe that they were saved, but they, in reality they were not because they were not rightly dividing the word of truth. All it was was idle talk. And they desired to be teachers. If we're going to desire to be teachers of the law today, if we're going to desire to be teachers of God's word, we need to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. And the reason for this is found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-4. through 4. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort, with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound teaching 
doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. The approval of God is misunderstood when the truth is not rightly divided. So as we go about our lives today, let us take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.